It's trade deadline. What a day ahead. What a night to tee up. A day of uncertainty as well. Big questions looming for the Toronto Blue Jays. It is the Fan Morning Show with Brent Gunning and Ailish. Four fire on your Tuesday, August 1st. We made it to August, folks. We forgot to change the song. So Gunner is going to be in charge of that moving forward. Because this is my last day before vacation, so I'm mailing it in. And anyone who knows me is like, hey, Brent, please discuss publicly your musical taste. I'm like, oh, I want to crawl in a hole and die. Just let me opine on Bo Bichette. But yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, uh, me and Andrew will get together. Uh, Pick something out. McKee will not be involved because he can't be bothered. Let's, let's call a spade a spade. So yeah, I will, uh, I will cook something up. Me and Andrew will get in the lab. Mm -hmm. We had a good discussion on our walk over here. We're both from West end of the GTA. We have found a little little common ground and let's be honest, anybody who you can chop it up with at five 25 in the morning is a hot start. So (laughs) I will do better tomorrow. All right. uh, Today, August 1st, it is the MLB trade deadline. We've got a jam packed show to run it all down. John Morosi, our guy, will join us at 7 a.m. Uh, lots of big questions, not only with the Blue Jays, but the AL East and looking around the league. Casey Candell, who is the Buffalo Bisons manager, will join us because tonight, Hanjun Ryu makes his return to the Toronto Blue Jays. Mound, uh, much anticipated after recovering from Tommy John. He was down there with the Buffalo Bisons for a little bit, so we can get an update on how he's looking. Obviously good enough to pitch tonight. Um, and there will be lots of questions about some of the young guys on the Bison, some of the AAA and AA and single-A prospects that we might see uh, coming up or as trade candidates. So Casey will join us at 7.30. Then John Smoltz, who is MLB Hall of Famer, World Series champ, Cy Young winner. He'll join us at 8. And then to wrap up the show before we send you on a busy day will be Jeff Blair co-host of Blair Barker. And we do have a little bit of a different lineup to go through just while we before we start uh the show. Uh, JD's back. JD Bunkus podcast will be on right after us, 9 to 10. Then Blake will have Blue Jays talk for three hours. Whew, grinder. 10 to 1. Uh, fan drive time will then come on with Bananas, 1 to 4. Blair and Barker will go 4 to 7, three hours right during the trade deadline. It is at 6 p.m. Eastern tonight, so they'll have two hours leading up to it and then one hour um, after before it's first pitch, Ryu versus Bradish tonight, 7 p.m. on Sportsnet 590 Fan. So there's your daytime lineup. There will be lots to discuss. Trade deadline officially just under 12 hours away. And the biggest question has to be Bo Bichette's health. Now, I was at the game last night. It was a great atmosphere, beautiful early um, August air. I could feel it pouring in over top of the dome. It was crisp. It was nice. It was a perfect temperature. Uh, everything was going going pretty well. Fans were fired up, and then well Bo Bichette. Let's yeah. not overstate things. Yeah, yeah. Well it enough. was fine. It was a good game, though. Like honestly, so many Orioles fans in town too. Like it was a pretty yeah. They're allowed to pop sprinkled. their head back up. Yeah, they are. Like the, this two cute old men beside me. Like they must have. <laughs> they must have been Orioles fans since the inception of this team. That's exactly what I think of when I think of an Orioles yeah, fan. Is two cute old men. Two honestly. cute old men, and I was talking to them. <laughs> Are you guys from Baltimore? Oh, yeah, we are. We came on up. They're really cute. And his bomber jacket, I was eyeing it. Like, I was going to pay him a couple hundred bucks to take it off. It was probably from, like, 1948. looking crisp um but yeah the blue jays fans and orioles fans kind of went really quiet there when boba shed round first base uh, i think it was in the third inning looks like he we're not doctors how nope. about we just state that Definitely. but didn't look good with the old knee like if you're a knee person please five ninety five ninety. how's that knee looking because 
it's easy to speculate worst case scenario, but it is certainly uncomfortable knowing that the trade deadline is 12 hours away and we don't know the status on Boba Shet. Well, it's uh, better that it happened last night than tonight. Mm-hmm. You know, honestly, I'm uh, I'm not one to find silver linings in things, but if you're looking for one out there, that is that is it. It's a it's a season it's a season hinging moment. It doesn't have to be if he's out for a couple of days, if he's out for a week, quite frankly, if he's out for a month, this mm-hmm. doesn't need to define the season one way or another, but if it is the doomsday scenario, then you're not just losing your shortstop. And let's try to be real about what that is in terms of Bo Bichette is he has made strides, I think, at the position this year. But it's not that you can't find someone to play short the way Bo does. That's not the issue here. Mm-hmm. It is the guy who is the leader of your offense every single night. He is the guy who you trust most at the dish. I mean, I know that is Whit Merrifield right in this very instance. But over the grand scheme of things yeah, with Bo. this Jays team, it's going to be Bo. So I don't even look at it as your shortstop you're replacing. I look at it as do they have to find somebody else? And again, this isn't just a guy. He doesn't lead the Jays in hits. He leads the American League. Mm -hmm. What he has done offensively has been so, so special. And there is just a myriad of ways they can handle this. And I think so much of that comes down to the diagnosis. And as much as we all would love an answer, guess who else would? Bobachette and the Jays. And they probably don't have Mm -hmm. one now either. You you, You know, you've dealt with injuries before. You need swelling to go down. These things take time. As much as you'd all love a hard and fast diagnosis you know, minutes after it happens, we'll be lucky to get one 24 hours yeah. after the fact. And once we're at 24 hours, we're past baseball's trade deadline. Yeah, they're up against the clock. Uh, major decisions looming. It is, yeah, you're right, the swelling. Like if it's, you know, if it's too much, an MRI is not really going to be mm-hmm. as effective until you have a clear picture. Um, I know the Blue Jays staff, like they have x-rays right there in the Rogers Center, but you have to go outside of yep. the ballpark to get an MRI. Um Clearly, they're, I think they'll keep this close to their chest in terms of giving out as much information as possible. But we do have uh, the immediate uh, clip from John Schneider just on Bo Bichette's injury. This was post-game. It's the only real information we have about where's, where Bo was at immediately following yesterday's loss. And uh, we'll try to glean whatever we can from it. Uh, right knee discomfort. Um, we're still kind of you know gathering information to see what we're going to do next. Um, probably no more tomorrow. And uh, what was he able to tell you about it, uh, what he was feeling, and are there any uh, tests planned, do you know? Um, he said, you know, on the field coming off, he kind of jammed it a little bit when he was trying to stop. Um, and with a guy like him, you want to be extremely proactive, obviously. But um, in terms of what's going forward, we'll, we'll know more tomorrow. We're still, you know, figuring that out right now. All right, so we'll know more tomorrow, possibly, uh, which is now today, and 12 hours till the trade deadline, I think. The immediate thoughts were, okay, so let's go worst-case scenario, Gunner. Mm-hmm. He's out for the rest of the year. There's nobody that really can replace what Bo Bichette does, like, unless you're swinging for the fences. And it's there. we were talking about this yesterday. There's not a lot of, like, high-profile names available. Mm-hmm. I don't know who the perfect fit is. There isn't one. He accounts for 15% of Blue Jays hits this season. One guy. Nuts. Highest percentage of an AL team this season. Uh, he was... Two for two last night. Mm-hmm. He would have been up in that big spot when the Blue Jays yep. lost the game last night. He is the guy that has been the leader of men. He <laughs> said that yesterday. Yes. That's a great thing to be called, the leader of men. And that's been Bo Bichette. So there might not be the perfect piece defensively or offensively to fit in there. But Tim Anderson was immediate. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone on Twitter, oh, Tim Anderson, time to go for Tim Anderson. Certainly an option, right? Like if they if they have to make a move, 
he is a guy that could do some of what Bobachet can bring to this team. You can also go another way. Again, I'm not sitting here and saying that you just gloss over losing your starting shortstop, mm-hmm. but I also think they have guys who can, to a certain extent, play that position. Now, I'm looking at that if this is a month-type absence. Right. If Bichette's gone for the year, then you have to go out and get for a sure. quote-unquote real shortstop, be that Tim Anderson, be that Paul Jeong with the, with the Cardinals mm-hmm. there. Those are the two names. But I also circle back to a guy who was on this team like nine months ago. Oscar Hernandez. Yeah. If you're going to look at a world where, okay, it's going to be, I almost said Ezekiel Cabrera, wrong era of Jays. <laughs> if it's going to be Santiago Espinal yes. or maybe Whit Merrifield plays a little short or one of the 800,000 middle infielders that comprise of the Buffalo Bisons, then you can replace the offense via a different bat. Mm-hmm. Now, T. Oscar is the easiest name to kind of slot in there. I still think that when push comes to shove, the Mariners are, you're going to have to pay up for the Mariners, not because they don't want to lose T. Oscar. I think they're totally fine with losing him. But if it's at all close between the Jays and another team, just from the PR perspective alone, why would you trade him right back to Toronto? You will have to, I don't want to say overpay, but you will have to outbid whoever you're up against for him. And not just by a little, it might be a little, a little more beyond that. But I think that if you're going to look at a stopgap scenario where you try to get by with Espinal and Biggio and Merrifield, and I want to be clear, not Biggio, it's short, but Mm -hmm. you understand what I'm saying. Some mishmash of that for a month, if that's the way you're looking at it, then I think you can get by with going out and getting another bat. And then what starts out as a doomsday scenario turns into a good one because Mm -hmm. it forces the team to be a little more aggressive in terms of adding that offense because you lost Bichette. So I think that's probably the most likely way it plays out is if you go out or if you see them go out and it's a Tim Anderson or a Paul DeYoung, I think that's probably pretty worrying about what that means for Bo Bichette. But if it is a bat that plays a different position, Mm. I think that means they think that it's probably more of a stopgap, or it could mean they are a bigger believer in just to pick a guy, Addison Barger or somebody like Mm -hmm. that, which I don't think is the case, or he would have heard rumblings about those guys potentially being on the cusp uh, a little sooner than before this. Yeah, it might be a plug-and-play situation. A month isn't the end of the world, but they're in a pretty hot race. Um, They've been playing some great baseball as of late. It's going to be... It's like, even if he needs to take a week off, it's going to be uh, all eyes on his health moving forward, right? Like, it's mm-hmm. if it's, an, it's a knee, it can be a thing that lingers. It can be a thing that changes your approach. It can be a thing that makes you a bit more hesitant um, in situations where you're like, oh, yeah, that's that's going to hurt or mm-hmm. that I tweaked that once. I want to be cautious. So maybe it's more rest. And, and the Blue Jays have been so lucky with injuries. I was listening to Blair and Barker postgame um, and um, – they they brought up the point that they've been one of the luckiest teams in the league for totally. injuries this year. And they got Jordan Romano and Bo Bichette within a one series mm-hmm. <laughs> injuries right before the trade deadline. But you're right. It is it's important that it happened last night, not tonight. Honestly, if anyone gets hurt in any game today or for the next week anywhere in the MLB, it's going to be such a gut-wrenching feeling. Mm-hmm. You were so close. Do it yesterday. So, maybe that's the spin zone. Is that as possible? But you mentioned uh, Teoscar Hernandez and John Morosi last night tweeting, uh, the Mariners are drawing interest from at least half a dozen teams, and a trade is increasingly likely before 6 p.m. The Phillies, the Blue Jays, and the Giants are among the clubs that have been involved. So, clearly, there is a real... Um, 
interest from the Blue Jays for Teoscar Hernandez. We know him well. And we'll have John Morosi on at um, 7 a.m. This was, I believe, before the Bobachette injury um, or around the Bobachette injury. So if that added more interest level, makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll chat with him a little later in the show. Um, but yeah, maybe Baby Jays, maybe uh, some of the Bisons. We'll have the manager on a little later to see. But uh, it's a situation that doesn't bring a lot of um, comfort. How about that? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm 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 totally with you. I'll, I'll put it to you. Like how uh, how much does let's kind of play out those three scenarios? I think if it's obviously if it's a day or two, we mm-hmm. all exhale and we thank our lucky stars and you just kind of move on. I don't know that the Jays will alter their their decision because you're going to miss a week or something like yeah. that. But if it is a month, what do you do? Do you think that that's a too long an absence to kind of try to play things mm. out with that cast of characters who can play shortstop, but I don't know that you're thrilled about any of them playing that position. Espinal may be aside there. We also saw what happened last night with this Jays team where, you know, I was sitting there doing the math and the guys are kind of talking through on the broadcast when Danny Jansen comes into the game. I'm like, is Matt Chapman going to go play left field? Yeah, there's and a lot Vladdy? of moving pieces. Well, I, I mean, they, they nailed it. Uh, Buck and Dan did of just, look, you try to tie the game and you deal with it beyond mm-hmm. that. But yeah, there were a lot of moving pieces there, but you know, if if it is a month type injury, do you want to see them push in for a Tim Anderson type? Were you already somebody who wanted to see them push in there? Because I think that that's maybe the most interesting question of all of this is that obviously if you were someone who was on the fence with with an Anderson type, this pulls you over, I think, pretty clearly to the side of, yeah, go out and add. But I also wonder if, you know, Tim Anderson, who has had a hot stretch lately, but a brutal Mm. year, if we really feel like how much of an upgrade do we really feel that is? And then this goes to the idea of how much playing in moments and big games matter. I mean, you know, Tim Anderson played in some big games for those White Sox teams. I remember that Yankees, uh, Yankees, White Sox field of dream games, which was in the middle May, so I know it doesn't count as a big game in baseball, but boy, it felt like one. So I don't know, like where where are you at on the idea of if it's Anderson or mm-hmm. do you kind of want to see them maybe, I won't say play out the string because that's the worst thing they could do, but the idea of try to mix and match and make it work with the pieces they have. Where are you at? Yeah, well, a month brings you to early September and we know that they end this season on like a 17-game stretch against AL East teams and they have not <laughs> been great against AL East teams, as we know. I, I believe that's only seven wins so far this season against teams I think if there's an opportunity to make your team better right now I think you got to do it because I get worried about trying to make a decision now with 12 hours and all things considered like a doctor is not going to be thinking okay well I, let's like let's try to you know help get Bo back in there like a doctor is going to make the decision mm-hmm. as a professional but it's really hard to evaluate that right now and if there's an opportunity to make your team a little better uh, there is going to be a lot of teams doing that right now, the trade deadline. And if it can be something that's affordable, you're not going to trade any of your major top prospects. Yeah, that's a perfect world. But it's it's also a vote of confidence. Like, mm-hmm. I know it would be a vote of, oh, Bo's injured. But if you're in that clubhouse today and you see that you're going to try to help your team moving down the stretch, like when the Blue Jays got Jordan Hicks, I remember reading some of the post-game quotes and the guys were fired up. Yep. This guy's awesome. He throws heat. This shows that we're all in. Like, this is exciting for our team. So if you find a way to make your team better, that doesn't only help, yeah, with Bo Bichette in a one-month sphere here, but it helps the team be like, yeah, we're going for this. Like, we're not going to take a month off. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, and if, if there's a Buffalo Bison that's already ready, 
we should have been talking about a Buffalo Bison that was ready to step in at this point. No one was thinking that you might have to, you know, replace a everyday player. But I'm I'm for it. Like if the Blue Jays are adding and they certainly were thinking that way with Jordan Hicks, why not try to find a way to supplement if Bo Bichette is out for a month? And, that, and like that's that's a that's a tough timeline. If it's one week, two weeks different. If it's a whole season, of course different. But one month is like that pocket of time where I think you could be you could be on the fence. Well, a month is also the pocket of time where that could turn into three weeks and that could turn into six, right. right? Like a month is almost a it's not you'll be better in a month. Like it's, what are you fixing in a month? Let's talk in a month. Yeah, like kind of thing. You're not getting a surgical no. repairment. No, so it's, it's it's rest. Exactly. And yeah, I'm sure things can heal up real quick when you're a professional and you have all the resources at your hands, but a month is is it's almost, almost the a more I think about thing. it, the worst case scenario yeah, almost. Because it if it's two weeks, you can definitely bide your time. Yes. If it's a month, it is that can it bleed into more time? Do you have to go out and do something? And then the idea of, you know, I'm sure there are some people hearing the idea of, you know, prospects with the the bison saying, Oh, you don't want to rush a guy. I agree, you don't want to rush a guy, but it's also kind of how it works for teams who are ready to win. And, you know, maybe maybe you'd say they're not ready to win yet because they haven't proven anything. But look at that Orioles team. You know, a guy they had in the lineup last night in Clayton Cowser, he's in the lineup because two or three of their regular bats are hurt. And was he expected to be up here? Maybe not at this point in time, but he's in the lineup. He's taking regular bats. And I'm not saying he's lighting the world on fire mm-hmm. by any means, but it's just it proves to, or it goes to show you that teams will find themselves in this position. And the whole point of having prospects, I mean, I know a lot of people think and i tend to agree with this especially in baseball the whole point of having prospects is to trade them for good players but much like we've talked about with the idea of fifth starters how come every time a starter gets hurt on this team we just go well there's no one else to be had better (laughs) try to figure it out we'll go with a three-man rotation You're allowed to have prospects that can come in and do a, you know, why can't, and I'm just going to pick a name, and I know people will have higher hopes for this guy, but why can't Addison Barger mm-hmm. come in and just be a Bowden Francis type for this team mm-hmm. this year? He's going to get some FBs, ABs. He's going to play some defense. Maybe he's going to play some left field. Maybe he's going to play some right field. Maybe, maybe he's going to play some short. Why can't a guy like, and again, I want to be clear. I'm not saying it has to be him. It could be Lopez. It could be any of these guys, but I would... I, I don't want to see the team run away from giving them an opportunity. Now, I also don't want to see them, quote-unquote, cheap out on the trade market mm-hmm. to do that. But I do think that that's where you need to kind of trust in your system, trust in your prospects. If this is a two-week thing, you, you I'm not saying you can't go out and get Tim Anderson, but you can't do it because of what happened last mm-hmm. night if you are leaning more towards this being a short-term thing. Long-term, very, very different story, obviously. Yeah, we certainly thought... And I, I know Ross Atkins spoke to the media yesterday and kind of shut this idea down that the Jordan Hicks move was reactionary to a Jordan. That was Romano. my biggest question about it. And he said, oh, no, no, we kind of had this in the works. But like, mm, I, I don't know how much I believe that, that that's super accurate. I think there's probably a lot of things in the works. So you got a lot of exactly what I was things say. in the fire. And maybe they've already had their eyes on some sort of piece. But were you thinking, in case Bo Bichette, you know, blows his knee out, in case Vladimir Guerrero mm-hmm. Jr. Jr. hurts himself, like you're already trying to think about what to do with George Springer, who got a rest day yesterday at the most important series of the year. Like yesterday, we teed this up. These four games against the Baltimore Orioles could be massive implications for the Blue Jays in terms of trade deadline. Yeah, it's today. But in terms of trying to get closer in this race, like if you can beat three out of four games against Orioles, who is an amazing team to watch, honestly, I really enjoyed mm-hmm. last night's game. They're, uh, they're a great baseball team. 
that just gives your team so much confidence. And George Springer isn't playing. Um, yeah, sure, a scheduled rest day as they put it, but I think it's really eye-opening. He's been brutal. We know that Oh, for 30 slump. He takes some time off. He isn't even put in as a pinch hitter mm-hmm. in the game, which was Certainly an eyeball moment. Because there were a couple times he could have gone in, too. That's the thing. Times. It's not just the one. If it's a one opportunity and you go, you know what? We're going to try to give him a day. Mm-hmm. Let's just let's just run Luplo up there and call yeah. it a day. But then you're, you're again, burning both again. your catchers in yep. the ninth. And, yeah, it's uh, it's concerning. I also I do wonder how much of that is a day that he needs physically versus a day that he needs Mentally, and it could be both. It really. could be both. Now, the now the the question I always have about the idea of a mental day off is, and these guys know better. Sports science knows better. Understand all that, but I don't like. I know you were at the game, so I don't know how much of this like made its way mm-hmm. across you. But it's like they're showing Springer on the broadcast the whole night, yep. and that to me, just me personally, if I came into work and didn't turn on the mic and give any takes but i was but i was here and i was like workshopping Uh opinions with other people and i was like "Ooh, what if we got this guy on his guess what i'm still doing a lot of mental Mm -hmm. work okay you go into your office and you don't give a big presentation but eh, let me bang out a couple emails yeah guess what not a day off and i understand i'm not saying to go lock him in a cage somewhere (laughs) and tell him you have to go to aaron Rodgers. tell him to go to the course and play around i i I think what they were trying to do is like go to aaron Rodgers' darkness cave i'm not (laughs) saying it has to be that level but if the whole idea is a full day off that certainly didn't look like one to me yesterday so i wonder if it's a reset a get them right day i just you're not gonna have to touch the Mm -hmm. the bat you don't have to worry about it i keep wanting to say club because i want to golf so bad uh (laughs) but the other the other part of it as well is that they play seven times this week and this is a guy who they've just been much more careful about kind of from the jump with him in terms of his workload and how much he played and we saw how we looked at the tail end of last season so i i don't look at it as some concern or that they're hiding some injury, but it is very indicative of how, you know, for a player of his ilk, how lost he is right right now, honestly. Yeah, and I think there's a lot to be said about, like, a physical rest day, too, even though just getting up and running or hitting once or twice is not the end of the world, but there is a full warm-up that you have to go through, and Caleb Joseph was um, the guest on Blair and Barker last night, um, and he was giving great insight about, yeah, there's a reset mentally, but just the idea that if you're being told you have a full day off, Mm. you certainly approach your day, your rehabilitation with your body, your rest a little bit differently. Mm He's a professional, though. If you were told to get in there and pinch hit, you could do it. Um, But I do think it's interesting that they decided, no, no, you're not getting in at all today. Mm -hmm. And the results speak for themselves. And maybe he needed a full reset. He got moved down the line for the first time since 2021. A lot of eyes are on George Springer. I'm sure a lot of pressure is on him internally. I'm sure he knows that when he's up at the plate, the confidence level in the fans has kind of dwindled and there's frustration. You make millions and millions of dollars. This isn't, you know, some young kid getting up at the plate and, and you know, not having success yet. This is George Springer who's supposed to be a leader of your team. So I wonder if it's just give yourself a rest, give yourself a day off. Because what if he was asked to pinch hit yesterday and gets, but flies out? Yep. And we're all like, Really? Again, you know, that's even more pressure to be called in in a big spot against the league's, one of the league's best. Mm-hmm. All eyes on you, George Springer. What can he do? And he does nothing. So you avoid that situation, but you end up losing the game. Um, so maybe not uh, maybe not the best of things. But- let's, let's talk about the game. Would yeah, you like to? I would love I, like, to. I've, we've rightfully been bogged down in, in <laughs> Bobachet conundrum yeah. land because that's far and away the biggest takeaway. But you nailed it. 
What a ball game last oh, night. Oh, it was good. We had exciting things. We had uh, an ornery crowd upset about the umps. The crowd was really ornery. Okay, the, Great word. This is always my favorite thing about it is you're, you grouse all you want mm-hmm. when you're on your couch and you have the box <laughs> there. I can't tell you how many times I've been sitting down the third base or first base line and I'm just like, ah, come on. And my buddy's like, but how'd you know? I'm like, I don't. Everyone's just upset. We're going to work I was ourselves like up into a ladder here. kind of close to behind home plate. Like, I was in good seats. Not to brag. Yeah, they were free from someone that provided them to me, which was very <laughs> nice. Um, did not shell out for those. But I'm like 120, about 10 seats yeah, yeah. into the right. So I'm not behind home plate. But I'm close. Yeah. And I can't tell. A single, I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> terrible call. Like, I don't know. I can't see it that well. Could you imagine? This throwing 99. How am I supposed to could know? Could you imagine if they, like, you know, they got the wonderful scoreboard there. They got a lot of info. I know people are upset that it's, or not, sorry, they're not upset. They're very happy that it's no longer just, like, batting average. You get, like, real stats up there. It's like, slugging and OPS and all that. <laughs> Could you imagine the fervor in that ballpark if they just had the K zone up there? Why wouldn't they? Because of baseball. But that's that. Hold them accountable. Well, this is the thing. It's like every park in baseball would just turn into nobody be watching the game. They'd just be up there like, oh, look at that. Barely take the line. It would. I'd like to. I want to be clear. I'd like to see it. I'd like to be in the park for it. I think it would be an abject disaster. Mm -hmm. But when you so game last night. Batista comes in. He's a little wild. He's a monster. He's huge. I saw him in real life. Yeah, this is always my favorite thing. I'm always a monster. I knew he was tall, but this is always my thing. Like how tall are guys? A refrigerator out there, like a big boy (laughs) throwing heat. I can feel it flying through the air towards us. Yeah, Yeah, he was good to watch. Wait, I have an idea about go back to the strike zone for a second. Mm, Yes. What if three times a game you get three opportunities to 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 dispute a call okay and it's like you know when, when you're playing tennis yeah and they do like they start clapping and then everyone watches the ball yep. on the outline maybe do you get that opportunity and they put it up on the scoreboard and then they show oh this guy was seven inches out of yep. play jano i think there's something there danny jansen's talked about this because he did uh unfortunately for him he's always hurt so he's done a handful of <laughs> yes, uh, rehab yes. stints in the minors and he's played in games with the challenge and he's talked mm-hmm. about how he kind of enjoyed it. it was a cool system yeah i'd be here for it i think you know this is the age-old question it's like how much of pandora's box do you want to open mm. does everything have to be perfect yes it, it does have to be perfect in your opinion i <laughs> i still like a little bit of the human element but not I when it goes against your team that you're cheering well for. and that's the thing <laughs> is that i am i am a big believer in if a pitcher is around the zone and this wasn't the case for batista i'm not making yeah. the case to look at last night but in the grand scheme of things if a pitcher's around the zone all night and he's working fast and he's throwing strikes then that that ball that's a little bit outside or a little lower a little mm-hmm. high you know what he, he can have it and if a guy's taken 100 years and he's nibbling and mm-hmm. everything's at the corners and you know what? Maybe you're going to get squeezed a little bit. And I'm just a believer in that. I know people don't like that. They especially don't like it last <laughs> night. And again, I want to be clear. I'm not saying Batista was around the zone or even working quick mm-hmm. or anything. That was a guy who could have got squeezed rightfully so. But the zone was just awful. I mean, the very first pitch of the 
the bat in the top of nine to Mateo. Mm-hmm. It's like it is at his shin and it's like right in there for a strike. There's never been a more clear makeup call of all time. Yeah. It's frustrating. Everybody's like, oh, good call. But yes. you want you just want some semblance of of consistency there. And that's where I continue to fall on it. I know the probably right answer is robot umps. And in 30 years when we have them, we'll all say, it might how be sooner than 30. No, exactly. But it's like, how did we ever It's just like go now with this clock. Wow. What a great, grand idea. Yeah, totally. And uh, that's why I think that eventually we will have it. But I don't think we're going to, I'm ever going to be the one leading that charge because well, uh, I like a guy to yell at. Well, John Schneider was, was very um, articulate last night without being too, not putting himself in line for like a fine mm. uh, when he talked about the strike zone uh, last night. Here's John Schneider post game taking a little jab. John, how do you evaluate your late inning offense when there's two 99s off the plate that get two of your guys? Uh, good job of controlling the strike zone. And um, I don't think Felix Bautista needs any help. There you go. He, that Not pause salty at all. where he was like, <clears throat> well, <laughs> here's my answer. Very smart, articulate uh, guy. Uh, Austin Hayes, that save. I was, I stood up out of my seat ready to celebrate. Dropping, yeah. I, I don't usually, I don't know. I had just, I'm like, yo, go Jays. And I had to sit back down quietly. It's tough. It's a tough look, right? Uh, even Especially on, beside the old guys who were like, oh, we knew it. Well, I will say <laughs> normally, you know, when you're at the park, you get bit pretty good a lot of times, especially even, even people like, you know, like I've gone to baseball games my whole mm-hmm. life, but the first time I'm at one every year, I'm like, is that good? No, that's going to just, that's going to be a can you of corn. Settle down. You got to get it back. Even on my couch, I was like, that's dropping. Yeah. And it didn't. He came out of it's nowhere. An incredible. It's an incredible grab. It was. It was. And, you know, the other part of this as well was the Jays kind of struggles against division opponents. Now, mm-hmm. you know, like Yankees, Red Sox. I'm not going to say you throw those out, but they're just, they're not. They're not hurting you this year. Yes, you want to have your wins, like a win against the Yankees or the Red Sox is just important in the standings. I understand that, but that's not what's killing you this year. So you haven't been able to make any hay on Tampa. You haven't been able to make any t- any hay on Baltimore. And maybe this matters the least in a sport like baseball, mm-hmm. but I think there's something too psychologically having these new kids in the division just come here and they're like, oh, we totally belong. We can beat these guys every single time we show up and we steal games in the ninth and we have offense up and down the lineup. I think there is something to the fact that this group is, and I want to be clear, this group being the Orioles is allowed to feel so confident because they've come in Mm -hmm. and nobody's punching them in the mouth. And I'm not saying it has to be the Blue Jays who do that, but if they want to bully one team in the division, that'd be okay. You know, and it's not all disaster from the Jays last night. The fact that you start a series testing and pushing their 1A and 1B reliever duo, that's awesome. That is going to, one, pay dividends tonight when those guys aren't available. But two, when they come back later in the series, they're going to be thinking about all that stuff too. So I don't want to paint it as a complete disaster, but it is... It's a failure that no one in the division, and specifically with this Jays team, that they haven't been able to halt this Oreos momentum. Part of that is Baltimore's a really good baseball mm-hmm. team, but you're supposed to be one too. Yeah, seven and twenty-one against divisional rivals. That's tied for the worst record in franchise history through the first twenty-eight games of a season. They got three more ahead with the Baltimore Orioles, and tonight a lot of eyes on Hunjin Ryu. So he's making his return tonight. And I don't really know what to expect <laughs> because he... I got is, nothing. I kind of forget what Hanjin Ryu was like last year before Tommy John. Um, 
And I don't really know the uh, amount of like leash or warm up period that he's obviously coming in ready to be a professional MLB mm-hmm. starter again. But this is a big spot to put him in. Game two, Looney Dogs night. It's going to be rowdy <laughs> at the ballpark. Hunjin Ryu on the mound against a monster of a team. Like, what if he gets behind a little bit? Like, what's the confidence level that he's going through? I I don't know. Tommy John's like, yeah, there's a lot of pitchers that go through it every year. But coming back in the thick of a race in the beginning of August where you've got big baseball ahead of you, like, what should we be expecting from Hyunjin Ryu? Well, I don't. I am right there with you in my opinion of what to expect from Hyunjin Ryu tonight. Uh, let's shake a magic eight ball and hold it up to the mic. I know they can't talk, but that's what I'm expecting. She's Who got knows? The tarot it's cards, like great fortune, or whatever. I Shoot. genuinely have no idea what to expect from him. But I don't think we can understate how big a start this is for the team. Not because mm-hmm. of the start he has tonight, but in terms of extrapolating out what exactly you have. Okay, Kevin Gosman back on track. I think we feel good. There was a little bit of a worry with missing the All-Star game mm-hmm. and getting pushed back and then a bad start. I think we're good. I think we'll be okay with, with Kevin Gosman. Jose Barrios, this is the guy he is. We're, we're pretty confident there. Chris Bassett, starting to see some fluctuation. Yeah, this is not are. to say that you're worried about him or he's going to fall off a cliff. But he grinds through it, which I respect. I respect Right? It. There's mm-hmm. a floor you're going to get, but I wonder about the ceiling that you're starting to see from Bassett. Is that dropping just mm-hmm. a little bit? You say Kikuchi. I think given the expectations heading into the year, it is still far and away to win, but we've seen a little more inconsistency in the back half of the season. So you really look at, Manoa and Ryu is the two guys that are left that can change the high end of this rotation. Now with Ryu, I'm not expecting any high end, but it's about having a safety net Mm -hmm. for Alec Manoa. Manoa is still the guy who in theory can reach that. And it's just a matter of what you get out of the two of them. Is Ryu a guy who can be your starter that allows Gosman to get his extra day? We know he's better when that's the case. Now, Ryu's been better when he has six days in the past. I think that this just gives you a lot more breathing room for all your starters. It allows you to potentially push them just a touch more if you're going to give them that extra day. So this is a big start from Ryu, but I'd be lying if I had any indication. (laughs) I think it will go Okay, I think the pitch clock is probably going to mm-hmm. mess with him. We saw it mess with Manoa. Now he's been working with it. This isn't going to be True. something foreign to him. But what do we always hear from athletes? Forget just a baseball player. Any athlete, when they get back on the field to play, is like, <sighs> felt fast out there. For sure. Now, a lot of that is in a motion sport. The idea of hockey or football or basketball. Obviously, baseball is different. But that's the thing I'm most looking forward to tonight is just does it does it feel like he's running a sprint out there in between pitches and how does that affect what he is as a guy? Very curious to see. And I think the other part of it as well is that it is a bit gravy, right? If Ryu just doesn't have it and it doesn't work, this is not going to kneecap your season. Mm-hmm. Maybe you look at a touch more Ooh, starting. Don't depth. say kneecap this oh, morning. Bad idea. You're right. Uh, yeah, I'm a hamstring. There's, no, that's yeah, no, it's no, no better. Yeah, no see, body parts. No, it's not good. But what I'm trying to say is Ryu should be gravy. Uh, he doesn't need to be the main meal. You know what would be really helpful for Hunjin Ryu if the Blue Jays got out with a little offense to support him? Yeah, he might give up two, three runs. Sure. That, Imagine that I offensive expect, support. I expect him to give up some runs tonight, and I'm okay with that if the Blue Jays were able to be more than 0 for 10 with runners in scoring position, which they were last night. Uh, thank God for our guy, Whit Merrifield, <clears throat> who I put 10 bucks on to get a home run. Good for you. Won 100 plus bucks on that. Like, he just, he's a guy. I'm putting money on him every night. 
when you're at the baseball game and you, you know, you're kind of willing it to happen. Uh, but, you know, there was some good, uh, got some hits last yeah. night. It wasn't like a complete no-show in the offensive column. The game was in reach multiple times. They had a the, the winning or tying run mm-hmm. on play. Um, uh, but Hanjun Ryu would probably feel a little better out there if the Blue Jays were able to get some runs in the first couple innings to support him. If they could not go 0 for 10 with runners in scoring mm-hmm. position again, that'd be nice. Uh, how many times are we going to talk about that? Uh, it goes back to Bichette, the thing we started the show with. It's not going to get better with him out of the lineup. I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, he, he was just as much a part of the problems as everybody else on yeah. this team, but he's also the best hitter on the team. So removing him from the equation isn't going to make it any easier. You know, it... it, it as much as we talk about all the pieces and the rotation and do you like the bullpen and what do you need to add? This team just has to find a way to cash in those runners. And I'm willing to hear small sample size early in the year. This is two years now. Mm -hmm. And I know it's a different team than last year. Tio's not here and there's other guys, but come on, like the bulk of this roster, at least the meat of the order has been consistent over these last two years. And it has continued to be a problem. So at a certain point in time, it is not just, ah, you're running into outs or it's bad luck, or you're not clustering your hits at a certain point in time. You've got to find a way. And Witt's been the guy who's proven able to do that, mm-hmm. but you need somebody else other than him. All right. So it is the MLB trade deadline today, uh, 6 PM Eastern. We got a full day of coverage for you. As I mentioned, uh, Blair and Barker specifically, before uh, the trade deadline, that four to seven slot, they'll help you out through all of this and then the full day ahead. But there were some trades yesterday. Like it started to get a little buzzy. You got your, uh, you got your push notifications on X now on Twitter. Uh, And at one point it was like, Um, Tampa Bay Rays finally get in on some of the trades. Uh, They, they get Aaron Savale, who is a pretty established pitcher. Um, that's going to help their lineup. The Diamondbacks kind of getting in there. The Cubs, who were going to be questioned for a little bit of the last run if they were going to be buyers or seller, have completely turned the corner, and they're buyers. Um, they're getting in on the action. It's nothing with the Red Sox or the Yankees. Uh, understandably, Red Sox probably um, I feel like we kind of can put them in the sellers, but you never know with that team. Um, but the Yankees last night... They, their starting pitcher, who we talked about yesterday, the cheater. Oh, right? yes. Domingo Herman. Yeah, yes. so he, we picked him in the Wake and Rake. Yeah. Uh, well, you picked that team. But he scratched mm. before the game to not pitch, and then he comes in later in the game. Wild. After. Yankees, man. Yeah, there's some weird stuff going on <laughs> in the Bronx. Like, today is going to be, I think, a massive, massive day for Yankees fans because, honestly, I don't know how they're going to approach it. It's going to be very interesting. They are like an old team that can't figure it out right now, but they have absolutely some of the best puzzle pieces, right? They just can't place it together. Like a lot of intrigue on where teams go, a lot of teams within five games of a playoff mm-hmm. spot too. It's Man, it's a tough day to make some hard decisions. I mean, the pragmatic thing if you're the Yankees and the Red Sox too, but definitely the Yankees is to just sell those pieces. I mean, like obviously Aaron Judge isn't going anywhere, but I mean, you have pieces that could very Mm -hmm. much help UFAs, those type of guys. And it's just the pragmatic thing to do to reset yourself. It's not our year, but that's not the way... The Yankees are built, and, you know, Aaron Boone has been having a tough run of it there. The Red Sox, they're in a really interesting spot. Mm -hmm. I mean, Alex Verdugo was the kind of, uh, you know, the crown jewel of the Mookie Betts trade, and obviously nobody can live up to that, but he's been pretty good. They're in kind of a 
contract standoff now. So that's a guy who, you know, realistically should just be getting locked up there. And it's possible he's on the move. You know, I talked about a guy like Adam Duvall, Red Sox center mm. fielder. This is a guy who can provide you some pop. He's played in big games. Now, the problem is, is that the Red Sox are looking to much like the Yankees. They're going to look for these guys who have a couple of years left to control. Maybe they're just sniffing the majors. And obviously with the Jays for kind of fringier pieces, we've seen them been hesitant to do that. But obviously Jordan Hicks proves not totally hesitant to do so. So in the AL East, there's a pretty clear line of you got you got the O's, the the Jays, and the the Rays are clearly buyers, clearly in mm-hmm. win now mode. And then those two teams, it's the thing we talk about in this division is this is why it's there's never going to be a true bottoming out of the AL East because even when those teams stink, even when they're bad, even when they should be sellers, there's just a floor they they kind of reach. And the rare time that they do have a complete undoing, they use it to reset their finances Mm -hmm. and honestly it's almost like a soccer team they're just like all right let's hit the transfer market let's go get some big sexy names it's how it works so further to that it just makes it even more important for the jays or the o's or the Mm -hmm. uh, the rays they've proved they can hang but the jays and the o's to kind of strike while those teams are down because it ain't going to be that way forever well you're hearing that um the mets the astros and maybe the orioles interested in justin verlander so I don't know. Will we get a monster, monster, like, trade, like, big name trade today? I kind of hope so. Yeah, it's, it's, careful it's, what you wish for. I, yeah, they were talking about Orioles. Verlander to the Orioles because mm-hmm. that's the one thing that the Orioles do need. Like, yeah, they if have, they got him, I'd be like, they oh, have this serviceable. Is gross. They have serviceable pitching, but they have a lot more in the kind of you say Kikuchi Bassett mm-hmm. than they do the uh, the Jose Barrios, Kevin Gosman Bassett, as in none uh, <laughs> of what they have there. You know, I look at that trade the Rays made to get Savale. You look at his ERA, one forty five and six starts last month. Uh, exactly the kind of guy you want to bet on. Now, you know, part of that, you obviously don't want to just go off ERA. There's many things that go into that, but uh, as good a baseline as, as any there, and I'm a little surprised the O's haven't been in on that, but this has been the question about them is, how ready are they to do this? You know, they could just as easy slow play it and give themselves just a little help here, a little help there, and then talk themselves into, hey, we're going to run the band back and everyone's 5% better next year. Mm-hmm. We've seen this movie. It doesn't always work that way. So I'm, if if Verlander's in play for them, I'd be really surprised if they don't do it. But if they're not going to do that, I could see them just doing very fringy, non-sexy moves, quite honestly. Which, from a Jays perspective, is awesome. We're okay with that. Um, all right, so 590-590, it's your chance to predict what the Toronto Blue Jays do today. You get it in the text line, we see it. We'll know tomorrow you were right. Are you an oracle? Can you do the magic eight ball to the mic and tell us what you think Hanjun Ryu is going to do tonight? What do you think the Blue Jays will do over the next, ooh, almost 11 hours, 11 and a half hours until the trade deadline, 6 p.m. Eastern tonight, 590, 590. Um, and you can predict today's action. Um, as I mentioned, we got a full day. J.D. Bunk is podcast after us. He uh, might never stop talking. It's deadline day and base. Like yeah, I know they might have he has to push a him off the air. Podcast only portion will mm-hmm. be a firecracker. I'm sure he's. I saw him on Instagram. He had a big, big trip. Yeah, he was in like northern uh, BC. Yeah, looks so really nice. I just, you know, he has a lot to say when he's been talking, <laughs> and he hasn't been. So. Yeah. So nine to ten, JD Bunkus, uh, Blue Jays talk again. Three hours today. That's with Blake Murphy, and then fan drive time with Ben Ennis will go on from one to four. Blair and Barker will have you from four to seven, and then first pitch Ryu versus Bradish. That's seven oh seven. 
tonight. Um, we've got a great lineup of guests. John Morosi just around the corner. Um, we'll get the latest on what he thinks the Blue Jays might do if Bo, you know, is worst case or medium case John, or best John Morosi just uh, in baseball parlance, he's hot. All day. We've got him up in the pen. Oh, yeah. He's like Romano when he doesn't in the, stop throwing. in the third inning. There's just like he's skulking around. He's ready to go <laughs> at any given time. Yeah. Morosi, stay hot all day. Casey Candell, uh, Buffalo Bison's manager, 730. That'll be great to get a, a little insight on Ryu and some of these young guys that we might see soon for the Toronto Blue Jays. John Smoltz, who's a Hall of Famer, World Series champ, Cy Young winner, will join us at 8. He's an MLB on Fox analyst as well. And then Jeff Blair to send you off into your day. Uh, perfect uh, way to tee up what he thinks the Blue Jays might do over the next 11 and a half hours. Uh, but on the other side of the break, we've got the A-List. It's a fan morning show with Gunner and A-List Sports at 590 The Fan. All right, the A-list this morning. Um, sometimes we feel like we could take on professional athletes. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, I'd go one-on-one. I, how many times? Speak for yourself. If you had 100 at-bats against Shohei no, Otani, think zero. you could get one hit? No, zero. Okay, uh, you want to go one-on-one against uh, Henrik Lundqvist? You get 20 shootout times. Zero. Think, because, okay, so sometimes people, though, get I a little know. excited. And they know. think that they could, Ridiculous. could maybe score or perform in a setting. So now, if you think you could score on an NBA player, you think you could score one-on-one against Jimmy Butler, you can do that for the cheap price of 699 US dollars. This is like a this is like a cameo but for playing one-on-one with Jimmy Butler, am I understanding this correctly? Yeah, so he's having a basketball/cheerleading camp, which is okay. interesting, uh for kids in Fort Lauderdale, but it's also available to parents or camp campers, the one-time, one-on-one opportunity for $699 to go against Jimmy Butler. I actually can't think of an NBA player that this would be less fun to do against. Like, you would, in your in your mind's eye, be like, oh, I don't know, Jokic sweating on me doesn't seem that much fun. Jokic <laughs> might not care. Jokic might let you score. Jimmy Butler will demolish you. Locking you up talking so much noise right in your face clapping towering over you yeah don't forget that part of it jimmy butler like six seven six eight uh two i don't know 30 ish somewhere in there 220 uh so that that part of the equation there actually is not a player in maybe all of pro sports like i don't want to fight ryan reeves i want to be clear about that but it's like go do the thing against the guy jimmy butler like i remember pros versus joes he just would be right in the throes of that talking <laughs> so much trash eating me alive i guess it's a good story to have but that'd be the least enjoyable uh let's be honest minute and a half of your life because it'd be over pretty quick too big time um yeah he'd be low on the list of people i'd want to actually go one-on-one against because i think i'd be scared uh to even look him in the eye yeah yeah i think that's a bad idea you might you you definitely break your ankles Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'd be in your heart, your soul, everything. It'd be tough, but for the small price of six hundred ninety-nine US story, dollars, though, you could say. do it. I'm sure there'll be parents that are like, oh, "I'm going to go one and one against Jim Butler." Oh, show I up. would be. I can only imagine the kid who's like, "You don't, no, Dad. You deaf. 
You definitely should as yeah, they yeah, get the yeah. phone out. Like, hold on, hold out. on, hold on. The phone's not out. Don't try it yet, Dad. Yeah, I would there'll go. be some viral clips of, of dads who like, played rap. Jimmy Butler's my dad now. Yeah, Sorry, they go dad. to the YMCA and they think, oh, I could take Jimmy Butler on. No. Anyway, well, Terrible idea. We'll stay tuned for those Amazing clips. idea for him. I want to oh, be clear. Yeah, I'm very, very here for this. Jimmy Butler, hustler. It's the guy who, when they were in yeah, the bubble. The big he, face coffee. And the story behind that of... Also, just like be richer NBA guys of him saying, yeah. I'll charge you guys $5 for coffee, but I won't have any change. So when they give me the $100 bill, I'll just take the 100 There's and say, tip. that's that. That's my tip. Oh, so good on good. Jimmy. I I love this man. Yeah. I, I am full Drew Rosenhaus <laughs> with Terrell Owens. I love this man. I love Love Jimmy Butler. I talked about it last week. I don't even know why. The story of him when he was in Minnesota just being like, I hate all you guys to the starters. Let me grab the scrubs. Let me grab a ball boy. And beating the wheels off of those guys. I love Jimmy Butler. Yeah, I think a lot of people felt that way watching their run um, in this playoff series as well. Like, he just played with so much heart. And he is a competitor. So if you want to do it, uh, go to Fort Lauderdale. In the end of August, and pay seven hundred bucks. Um, okay, one more for you, uh, Dan Campbell. I think he also uh, stole some of the hearts of uh, NFL fans. I also love this. There man. you go. I do love this man too. Um, Hard Knocks was fun last year because you got a little insight about the Detroit Lions, who uh, were a fun team to cheer for, whether they performed well or not. At times, I think that they were a fun, likable team. So he's on. Um, pardon my take. Yesterday, uh, this episode comes out, and he's. It's, he just brings up a funny point about his, he's a guy that will inspire his team in weird ways, right? Like he goes and does his own thing. It's why people love him. Um, but the NFL shut down. It's just a wonderful, non... Uh, no fun league strikes again. Yeah, no again. fun league uh, shut down. A big idea that Dan Campbell had tongue-in-cheek. Here's a clip. You, you talked to us last time on, on part of my take. You said that you had considered getting a pet lion on the sidelines. I did. Did you have you had any further conversations about bringing a live lion? Well, I, I would say that Sheila was she had no problem with it, but the league apparently frowns on oh, those type of things. Roger Goodell, John no Gruden was I'm right. Not, I'm not going to point out Roger on this. I'm just going to say that the the league frowns on that. Let's just say that. Okay, it'd be yeah. nice though to have a lion sitting behind Jack Fox, being like, "You better, you better punt that." <laughs> it does add a little little scare tactic. It does. Right? The guy's got to play it's for the It's a little job extra motivation. Yeah. Yes, uh-huh. it does. Yeah. Why not have a lion? My, my favorite <laughs> thing about it is I believe he is referencing Sheila, the team's owner. I think so as It well. sounds like it's a buddy who's cooked up yeah. a scheme, and he's like, my wife's on board. I, Sheila said this I could is come. Like, I don't know if you guys did the night vision golf topic. Yes, that was we stri- did. It's like when the guy's like, my wife's on board. It's like that's exactly what that sounded like. Yeah. I love everything about this. <laughs> and I don't know. Like if LSU still has a tiger, I don't know if they do. Mm-hmm. If they can have a tiger... Why can't Detroit have a lion? I feel like, could be wrong, biologists out there, get at me. I think tigers are more dangerous. I think they're the biggest mm. of the big cats. Solo, more predatory. I so lions are bigger. I could be... I. You know like, what? Look no. at their manes. I'm gonna. Oh, exactly. A lot of fluff out there. A lot of. <laughs> a lot of. Uh, you know. A lot of bluffing is what it sounds like from a lion. There's no mane on a tiger. Just a big hoss of a cat. I'm, I think they're the biggest of the Tigers big cats. Tigers are the largest felines in the world. It can Boom. reach up to 12 and a half feet in length, including the tail, and up to 650 pounds. On their part, lions tend to weigh between 330 and 550 kilos, and are only measured between six and a half to 11 feet. 
put some respect on Tigers. You're put right. Put some respect on Tigers. So if LSU, and again, I want to be clear, it's entirely possible uh, we as a society have said don't have a Tiger in a football stadium. Uh, so maybe they don't have it there. But if LSU is allowed to have a Tiger, Detroit can have a Lion. And then Chicago can have a Bear. And we're off and laughing. The Leafs have a bear. They're just, you know, he's plush. And his name's Doesn't Carlton. BYU have their little bulldog or, or no? Well, Georgia, Gonzaga, Georgia, Georgia defo- definitely has Ugga. Yale I think they're on does. like the 30th. Yeah, but it's like, you know, it's a dog. Yeah. Might maim, but won't kill someone. Tiger or lion could go very differently. Yeah, probably wouldn't be the best. But it'd be great theater <laughs> until something bad happened. Uh, okay, John Morosi, after the break, let's get into today's massive, massive day. It's the trade deadline in the MLB. We're about 11 hours away from it wrapping up. Where does Toronto go? Do they react to Bo Bichette's injury, or do they know something we don't? Is he good? I'd love to see him back in lineup tonight. If not, is there somebody else we might see as a Toronto Blue Jay? John Morosi, after the break.